if you got your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me back to the book of Hebrews, the 13th chapter. We've been unpacking this chapter for the last four or five weeks or so. Uh, and we, and on, on, on last Sunday, I, I ended the message with some, uh, ap, uh, some admonitions or applications, that some things we can put into place if we want to truly apply God's word to our life. So go to Hebrews 13. We're going to begin our reading uh, at number eight. But I want to just look at these things. I want you to remember these specific steps to apply the word of God. We said, number one, state what the scriptures say about some area of your life. Number two, we said, tell what your life is like in this area. Be honest. Be honest. When the Bible says pray without ceasing or pray consistently, when you start looking at your life, are you praying consistently, you know, on an ongoing basis? Or is your prayer life minuscule, minute, only when you need something? You've got to be honest about it if you're going to apply the word of God. Then we said, number three, describe what you are going to do to bring your life into conformity with God's word. And lastly, specify what practical steps you will take to check up on yourself. Okay? And that's a good little uh, four-point, not very deep as far as, uh, you know, having to do a lot of research. on. If you just do those things, I promise you, you'll begin to see God's word uh, have its perfecting work in your life. Amen? So we begin our reading at verse number 8 of this 13th chapter. And the Bible says this, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Next verse. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. Are y'all still tracking with me today? He says, we have an altar from which the priests in the tabernacle have no right to eat. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin. And the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. Everybody say outside. So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace that he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. How many of y'all looking for that great getting up morning? Yeah. Look at verse 15. It says, therefore, let us, therefore, in light of this, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice, sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his Name. I love the way the KJV reads it. It says, let us offer this sacrifice of praise to God continually. The fruit of our lips giving praise to his name. What's the fruits of your lip? Your lips produce what? Words. All right. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. I'm talking about show me the evidence. And in this 13th chapter, we had four primary points of of evidence that should be visible or manifested in the life of anybody who says that they are a born-again believer, who are walking uh, with the Lord, who are, who are growing, who are, who are maturing in their faith walk, right? We talked about uh, enjoying spiritual fellowship, and we saw those things that came upon it, that brotherly love should be exhibited in our lives. Hospitality should be shown. Helping the, Im- the imprisoned and the mistreated should be a part of our life. Uh, uh, purity in marriage should be a part of our life and, and contentment should be a part of our life. 
And then we said submitting to spiritual leadership. We talked about that. Uh, what type of leaders? Those who speak the word of God. Those who provide an example of living by faith. And those who demonstrate Christian maturity in their conduct. Let me, this, let me say something to you. Everybody that says I'm, 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 Jesus called me, you don't need to follow. Are y'all with me? I want to know, are they preaching word? Are they, are they, are they, do they have a lifestyle? Are they, are they nurturing? Are they actually doing what God told them to do? So we got to make sure that we are on tap there. So we, but we also, as it relates to them, we should obey, obey those godly leaders, right? That's what the Bible says, and we should pray for them. Now, we get back in this, in this third component here. We talked about sharing in spiritual worship. Now, this, the emphasis in this section, guys, uh, of this 13th chapter is on separation from dead religion and identification with the Lord Jesus Christ in his reproach. That's what the KJV says, in his reproach or in his shame. Are y'all listening to me today? Now, this, this image here, because you remember, the Hebrew Christians who were facing persecution because they named Christ and had came out of Judaism and who were now walking with the Lord, there was, a, there was pressure on them to go back to the old way to go back to that thing that was really just a typology. It was a schoolmaster to bring them up to the point of grace. Are y'all with me today? All right, and so, so they, were, they were tempted to go back to what God says, that was just what I did under that dispensation. Dispensation is a fancy word for saying God dealt with, and, with mankind in a specific way at a specific time. And so now we're not under old covenant dispensation. We're under what? New covenant dispensation. And so there are many in today's Christian uh, 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 faith journey who try to marry the two together. In other words, they still try to hold on to some of the old while trying to embrace the new. And what Jesus is going to tell them, and what this writer is going to tell them, what you got in Christ Jesus is far better than what you came out of. Are y'all with me today? So, 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 so this, these images that he began to talk about, about the altar and the blood sacrifice, comes from the Day of Atonement. I wish I had time to unpack that, but if I did, I, I wouldn't get to my points today. But we'll, you go home and study it about the Day of Atonement and, how, and, and about the, 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 uh, the goats uh, uh, that were, two goats were brought and, and, and one was uh, sacrificed and killed, his blood was put on the altar. Then there was another one who the priest would lay his hands on his head and, and symbolically put the, the, the sins of the people on that goat. And that goat would go, they would send him out, he would go out into the wilderness. He would escape death, but they called him what? It's called the escape goat, but we can shorten it up and say scapegoat. How many of y'all have had a scape? How many of y'all have been a scapegoat? In other words, someone blame you for something really that you didn't have anything to do with, right? So, so day of atonement, all of that. So, so he, he's going. He's bringing up these images, guys, because these believers, these Christian believers, were tempted to go back into what the Lord had delivered them out of. And let me tell you something: all all true Christians must go out to Christ Jesus. All true Christians must identify with his suffering, spiritually speaking, and, 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 and in a lot of cases, uh, physically speaking, uh, to, to, to the place of reproach and rejection. Go to 2 Timothy, the third chapter, let me right quick, and look at verse number 10. 2 Timothy, chapter number 3, verse number 10. We'll, we'll walk down through here right quick. Show me the evidence. Now, guys, it's, it's, it's tempting 
to hang on to what you've been accustomed to, right? I want to show y'all something. Because if, if, if y'all, something simple as this. Because we, we, we actually get, I heard a guy say this uh, the other day. He was sharing this, and it's so true. You know, we oftentimes, we'll fight people over methods in our churches. We'll, 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 go, to, we'll go to bat, we'll, we'll fight over methods, but we don't oftentimes understand that methods are just a means to getting us to where God wants us to be, right? Now, let's look back. Say, take this stage, for instance. This, when this was first mentioned to me, I didn't understand how important this was because when this was first mentioned to me, this was even before COVID, all right? And now that COVID has taken place, and, and it's probably something that we should have been doing all along because it had been, been put out there uh, uh, prior to this, but we, we began to live stream the services, all right? But now, if, if you can, Jay, put this up here. This stage looked a little different back then prior to that. How many of y'all remember the flowers on the pulpit? How many of y'all remember the pony wall? All right. I was, I was, uh, how many of y'all remember the pews that we had? Some of y'all almost had a heart attack when we took the pews out. Something, like that chair you sitting on is just as comfortable and it also identifies your spot. Whereas you're on the pew, old boy next to you, maybe all up in your space. But some of y'all had a heart attack when we removed the pews out of the church. All right. There's an emotional attachment there to your pew. Some, now, now, nobody here bought a pew specifically, but in some churches, they got names on the pews. And if you try to remove, remove the pew out of the church uh, uh, with that name on it, you're going to come into some trouble, right? But I, I'll tell you, one of the reasons why we did that was for flexibility. On, on, Thursday, on Friday and Saturday of, of this week, we, had, we simulcast the XO conference. And, and as we simulcast the XO conference, the, 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 the chairs gave us the flexibility to be lifted up, stacked, moved to the back, and we had stuff in the back. We had our coffee, we had our breakfast, all in the back of the church there, and we didn't have to unbolt a pew, put it up, and go try to store it in the storage building. We just stacked the chairs up and put them back. We got flexibility. Everybody say flexibility. So, so you see that? We went, we went to there, and then we moved on a little bit further. Uh, we had... Uh, well, we had panels on the back. Well, y'all remember those lighted panels that we had? All right, we still got the flowers. Look at those flowers right there. I was, I was one day I was in, and and and, 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 and my sweet little assistant Kiara told me, "Say, Pastor, you think we need to do something about those flowers?" She, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Basically, what she was telling me: those flowers are dated. She didn't say a little bit different, but basically saying that was, you know, we got to kind of move forward. And the church is notorious for hanging on to methods when methods are just a, a, a way to get something done. But methods can change, but the message doesn't change. So let's keep moving. So we got we got a panel light, but now we now we take we got wives and the flowers are kind of they kind of if you're looking at it on a, on a, on live stream that's kind of in the way. So we move that. We still got the panels. Now let's move forward. Now we move with no flowers, and now we got an LED wall in the back. So we show a video or whatever. All of y'all can see those things. Now let me tell you something. I was, I was reluctant to change. When they came and told me, paint the wall black, I said, paint the wall black. <laughs> that wall is just fine being that cream color right there. 
But what I didn't realize is with depth perception and as we now have become a hybrid church, it matters what you do in the live stream room. And so hybrid church and live streaming is not just for the members. We have to change our thinking. It's designed not only just for members, but it's an outreach to to get the gospel far beyond Benton, Louisiana. This message can be heard around the world. And here's the reality. When people log on to your site and they see junky stuff, sound bad, camera bad, they don't have to do this like I told you and walk out. They just click the button. <laughs> Some researchers tell us that now the average attention span of an adult is eight seconds. So if they, if they pop on to your site and see junky stuff, not very well done, not exalting God, they move on. We're trying to get the gospel out. So live stream is more than just for our members. We did it initially. I'll be honest with you. Initially, we did it so that when pandemic hit and we couldn't meet, we could still gather virtually. But that was short-sightedness, I will tell you. And so now we utilize this to, to try to get the gospel far beyond the far reaches of Benton, Louisiana. And, we try, and, and, and here's the other part about it. 85% of the 100 or so members that have joined in the last three years told us in new members class, we checked you out online before we ever stepped foot on campus. We wanted to see if you were crazy or not. <laughs> now, did we, had we not had that too, some of those folks would have never visited Benton, Louisiana. Amen. Had not someone showed them a, man, a sermon clip or said, go watch this, they would have never came here. So it's an outreach to to present EBC to the community at large. But I will tell you, because I was stuck on method, it took me a long time to move. It took me a long time to get comfortable. And how many of you know when you're moving with God, it oftentimes calls you to be uncomfortable? Don't you think for one second it wasn't uncomfortable when God told Abraham to leave your kinfolk, leave all your relatives, and go to a place I'm going to tell you where you're going. I ain't telling you right now, but just get leave. How many of y'all was uncomfortable? So, 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 but these Hebrew Christians and, and the ones who were persecuting them still wanted to hang on to that which was old. Now watch this, watch this. Go, 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 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 16. I got I to gotta move. Here we go. Paul, writing to his young son in the ministry by the name of Timothy, says, but, but you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and what? I need y'all to read that out loud with me and on purpose. You, Timothy, what? You know my faith, my patience, my love. Now, 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 now this, this, this comes on the heel of Paul telling Timothy that in the last days men are not going to endure sound doctrine. If you go back and read the first, first verse and come on down, I don't have time to do it today, but do it when you get home. He was telling them that, in the, and I believe we're in those t- days right now. As a matter of fact, the last day period began after the ascension of Jesus Christ back up into heaven. But he says in the last days people aren't going to endure sound doctrine. They're not going to want sound Bible teaching. They want want you to tell them something that makes them feel good. 
Listen, I'm going to encourage you along the way. I want you to know that you are the head, not the tail. I want you to know that you are above and not beneath. I want you, I want you to know that you are, you, are, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works. I want you to know that God wants to use you. Yes, you. He wants to use you to do his kingdom business. I want you to know that. I want to encourage you. But I also want to, I also want to have, when I have to correct, I want to, to exhort, to rebuke. And, and so that's part of it being in family together. Amen? But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose is in life, in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. Let's go. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued from me from them all, right? Let's keep me moving. He says, yes, and everyone who wants, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, well, you might, it, perhaps it may happen from time to time. Well, every, you know, well, well, maybe once in a blue moon, you may. No, he says, all who wants to live God, a godly life in Christ Jesus will Suffer what? Now, again, going back to what he says that Jesus Christ suffered outside the camp. And if you're going to live with, for him, you're going to do some suffering also. If you're going to live for him, you're going to suffer with him. But the good part about it, you're also going to reign with him. I got to keep moving here. Watch this. Next verse. But evil people and imposters will flourish. Yes, it's happening. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived but you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. Let me ask you a question. Do you trust your pastoral leadership to teach you the word of God? I, I, I don't know that, but you've got to answer it yourself. What I would tell you is that, that I, I, I pray that after 33 years, you know that I'm going to give you word. And if you've only been here three years or two years or one year, I hope in that one-year time frame, you know we're going to walk through the scripture. Right? All right, I got to keep moving. I don't want to get sidetracked here. He says, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes through trusting in Christ Jesus. I love this last part. All Scripture, can we read it? Say all. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, and teaches us to do what is right. Last, I think one, it says, God uses it, what is it? The word to do what? Prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now let me ask you a question. If, if he uses the word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work, but you who belong to him don't spend any time in the word, are you going to be prepared to do the good works? I mean, that's just deductive reasoning. If I spend no time in the Word, if I have no prior time, I'm going to be ill-equipped to actually live for Him. Are y'all track with me today? Now, the readers of this epistle in the book of Hebrews were looking for a way to continue as Christians while escaping the persecution that would come from these unbelieving Jews that that were coming after them. The writer says it can't be done. The writer says there can't be any compromise. It's Jesus and Jesus alone as far as salvation is concerned. Jesus said it, and if it's a lie, he told it. And he don't don't tell lies like some of us in here. He said in John 14 and 16, he says, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except what? By me. Now, if, he, if, that's, if that's not true, then we got a, we got a theological problem. Because there are some people who will tell you, 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 you you've been uh, narrow-minded. There are many ways to God. But I'm going to tell you, the Savior who died on the cross, the only one, the only person who conquered death says, I am the way to get to God. All right, all right. Now, now, now watch this. He says there can't be any compromise. He's encouraging them to get out of the Jewish religious system and identify with the Savior who died for them. Let me say it again. Methods change, but Jesus remains constant. They couldn't let go, many of them, and especially the ones who were persecuting them, they couldn't let go of what they had been used to. And they didn't realize that that stuff that happened under the old covenant was just a typology. It was a foreshadowing of the real thing to come. Now, I don't, what if I had, let's just, let's just pretend like this is a car. Uh, 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 let's pretend like this is a, a, a toy car. And it's my wife's birthday. Well, no, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. And I decide to give her this toy car as a foreshadowing of the new car I'm getting ready to bring her. Now, this is an example, okay? This is an example today. This is an example today, okay? We got goals to meet. Hey, baby, does it feel good not to have car notes? That thing rides a lot better, Yvonne, with no note on it. So we're not anxious to get back to have a car note. So this is, this is an example. But if I gave her this in a box and said, the real thing is coming on February 14th. How many of you know that once she gets the real thing, this, this is no longer even relevant, okay? This, this was just foreshadowing of what was to come. Can I get a witness? Now, now watch, watch this. So methods change, but Jesus remains constant. Look at your outline. Don't get, in, don't get entangled with strange doctrines and teachings. Here, here's what he tells us. Watch this. He says, share, he, says, don't get, he says, don't get entangled with strange doctrines and teachings. Get back, get, look at that verse 9 of this 13th chapter of Hebrews. Don't get entangled with strange doctrines and teachings. And we, we'll look at this right there. Let's go. Hebrews 13 and 9. Glory to God. Are y'all still with me today? So he says, so... Do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. Now, understand what's happening here now. Under the old covenant, under the old covenant legislation, they did have some dietary restrictions. Are y'all with me? They had dietary restrictions, things they couldn't eat and couldn't eat. Pork was one of those ones they couldn't eat. I thank God for deliverance. Bro, Carl, I thank God for deliverance. You know, my son prides himself on being a, 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 a I guess, uh, I call him a bootleg chef. But he'll try and cook some of everything. And one of the things that he's been, he's been trying to perfect is his baby back ribs. And I don't know if it's because he knows his daddy likes them. But, but he'll, he'll throw something on the grill, and then we do taste testing. 
And when he gets it just right, man, and most of the time he's, he's gotten real good at it, and we don't have much of anything left, all right? So, so I'm glad that, 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 that we've been delivered from dietary restrictions. That's all I'm saying. Because there are some people who are telling you now, they're trying to mix Old Testament dispensation, Brother Kenny, with New Testament dispensation of grace. Can I give you some word? Do y'all want word? Let's go to the word. Go, go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Look at verse number 11 through 16. No, is that what I want? Yeah. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Go to right. Verse 11 through 16. Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. Uh, this, this, I want to show this with you, and then, we, and then we'll jump to this next scripture text, okay? We're going to go to Colossians, then we go to Romans. All right. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. The church, the body of Christ. The church is not a building. If COVID didn't teach us anything else, it should have taught us that the church ain't the building. When when the scripture mentions church, it's not talking about a place you go to. And that's why it boggles my mind how people can get so enamored with a building, with, with what's in the building, to the point to where they'll fight you over what color the carpet is. They'll fight you because you moved something that was symbolically to them, represented God. But don't, don't get stuck on the symbol. Go to the real thing. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. He says this, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be maturing the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We need all those five-fold members to give. There will no longer, then we will no longer be immature like children. How many of y'all know we got some immature believers who act like children? We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Next verse. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Everybody say in love. love. Some of y'all pride yourself on speaking the truth, but you don't, you, you, don't know, you don't know what love looks like. We learned something in our, in our, in our, in our I, I knew this and I heard it again, but it's just revelation knowledge. Jimmy Evans was talking in the marriage uh, uh, conference about uh, general iniquities, iniquities. Things and patterns of behavior that follow us down through generations. So, iniquities will, 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 will travel forward to thousands of generations. How many of y'all know that many of us are affected by what our grandparents and our great-grandparents and our mama and our daddy did? So much so that people who know your mama and daddy say, you just like them. And you try to say, no, I ain't. Yes, you are. All of us Got, some, got a little bit of our parents in us and sometimes more than we care to admit. How about let's start depositing righteousness and model that so that that can travel forward in our generational line lineage also. Sometimes people are, de- isn't it amazing when you look at it how sometimes you're dealing with the same stuff that your parents dealt with. It's because those iniquities travel, and they come down through generations, and, and sometimes we mess our children up. Now, again, every, because your children are doing something bad don't mean that you, you just, as we, as we learn, you can't blame your mom and dad for everything. I'm just telling you, identify that we have some traits that are like our, our parents, our ancestors, and that which is good, let's embrace it. That which is evil, let's cut it off, and let's be the last one to let that go forward in our generation. Can I get a witness? 
So, so, so don't, he says, instead we will speak the truth in love, speaking in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does. His, as each part, each part of the body does its own special work. You have a special work. You have a spiritual gift that God wants to use to build the body. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and, and what? Full of love. Now, if you will. So, so don't get entangled with strange doctrine and teaching. What you eat or don't eat doesn't make you righteous before God. Go to Colossians 2, verse 11. Start there. Colossians 2, verse 11. We'll start there. What, listen to me carefully. What you eat or don't eat doesn't make you righteous before God. Since when you came to Christ, you were circumcised. Now, again, Paul is writing. He's talking to the church now. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised. Y'all know what circumcision is, right? The cutting away of the foreskin of the male sex organ, the penis. Is that biological enough for you? All right. So, but, but what we understand is uh, those who were Jewish were, as, as a part of the law, as a part of the dispensational method in which God dealt with them at the time, required that the male be circumcised. Okay? He says, when you came to Christ, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ Perform a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. I thank God that he performed a circumcision on Darlow Adams. Keep moving. Watch this. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Let's keep going. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. Ooh, mm. I got to keep moving, though. Let's go. It says, he canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. He says, in this way, in this way, he, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. Watch this. For these rules are only, what? Shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is what? The reality has come. That's what he said. Christ is now here, so we don't need the shadows. I hope somebody is listening to me today. Let's keep moving. He says this, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or worship of angels or saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud. And they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with his joints and ligaments and it grows as God nourishes it. You have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. Watch this. Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. 23. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But, now listen, 
You can choose to eat or not eat whatever you want to. I'm, that's not, that's, don't miss the point here. If you decide I'm not going to eat certain things, I'm going to be a vegetarian, cool. But don't make that a point of righteousness. Don't think you get right with God and you're more spiritual because you don't eat certain things. These rules may seem wise, but because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial and severe body discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. You cannot eat pork meat and commit adultery all day long. Or lie like a... My wife sent us an article the other day. It was psychologists are starting to say, or, or it's not a, a medical diagnosis, but they're trying to say that lying is a mental illness. Now, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> a lot of y'all in here mentally ill, man. Now, they weren't just talking about regular lying. They're talking about pathological lying, Warhouse lying. You know what Warhouse lying is? That's, Jeff, that's when I cloak your turn. A Warhouse lie is one who just, they, they lie for no reason. You didn't have to tell that lie. The truth would have done. The truth would have been sufficient, but you lied anyhow. All right. Go to Romans 14. Romans 14. Come on. I, I'm, man, where did my time go? Don't get entangled with strange. So, so in other words, what you eat or don't eat doesn't make you righteous before God. I'm going to just give these to you because I don't have time to go through. Read Romans 14 and also look at 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3. Let's look at that one. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3. I'm hoping that y'all, 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 y'all are grasping this, okay? What you eat or don't eat doesn't make you righteous before God. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3. Says, now, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married. They, they will say it's wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who do what? Who know the truth. I'm going to stop there. Look at Romans 14. Romans 14 does a yeoman's job of telling uh, those who, were, who, who chose to eat certain foods and who did not. He's talking about how, how, how stop judging each other. Read Romans 14 and get home, okay? All right? Will y'all do that for me? Did you just lie? I think some of y'all just lied. All right, separate from... Separate from dead religion and identify with Jesus. Go, go, to, go back to Hebrews 13 with me right quick. It's 10 through 14. Hebrews 13, 10 through 14. Glory to God. Show me the evidence. Show me the evidence. We have an altar from which the priests in the tabernacle have no right to eat. Let's go. Verse 11. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin, and the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. He says, so also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace that he bore. He says this next verse, for this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Now, now, new covenant worship, again, we say separate from dead religion and identify with Jesus. New covenant worship is not a religious performance. 
Everybody say it's a way of living. Go to Romans 12 with me right quick. Romans 12, verse 1 through 3. Y'all, y'all heard me preach this a thousand times. But I need y'all to hear it again for the very first time. New covenant worship is not a religious performance. It's a way of living. Watch what Paul says to the saints at Rome in Romans the 12th chapter, starting at verse number 1. Romans 12, verse number 1. Glory to God. Text says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Watch this. This is truly the way to what? To worship him. We are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. If you want to know how to worship God, present your body as a living sacrifice. You thought it was coming here on Sunday, didn't you? Oh, we're going to worship. I'm going to worship, sir. We, we worship the Lord today. And cool, I understand how we could be deceived into thinking that because even under the old covenant dispensation, it was about going to the temple at certain times of the day and certain seasons of the year to go to the temple and offer sacrifice and, quote, worship. But how many of y'all know Jesus changed the game? Go to John, the fourth chapter with me right quick. Jesus changed the game. So you, listen, some of y'all are stuck in the past, and Jesus says, I'm trying to do a new thing in you and in your church. John, the fourth chapter, verse number 20. And I notice what, what Jesus says in this fourth chapter of the Gospel of John. Verse number 20 says, so tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Jerusalem, where our ancestors worship. Okay, let's keep moving. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman. Now, 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 listen to this guy. The mere fact that he's talking to this woman is a trip, given the society this time. The mere, y'all know what the trip is, right? <laughs> yeah, some of y'all grew up in the seven, though. Man, he a trip. Y'all know what that means, right? All right, you're tripping. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time has come. She was a Samaritan. She was a half-breed. She was mixed, as some of y'all would say today. She was biracial. Jews and Samaritans did not get along. They kind of hated each other. Jews would walk miles out of the way to keep from going through a Samaritan village. And you remember the time... a couple weeks ago, I told you about James and John, when Jesus told them to go, go into the Samaritan village and find them a, a place to stay, and they, they didn't want them there. What did James and John say? Jesus, you want us to call down five from heaven and burn them all up? That's what Jesus' followers said. Now, I think we got some James and Johns in here. Some of y'all are like that. If, they, if people don't do right, you want to burn them up. Please, please, don't be a James and John. Don't be a son of thunder. Is that how they got their last name? I mean, that that nickname, sons of thunder, they want to tear everything up. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Watch this. Don't don't miss that. Can, Can I go back? The time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. The time is coming that the place of worship doesn't really matter. I'm taking you to a new dispensation. Can I keep reading? Let's move on. It says, 
you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. God the Father had to choose a people group to bring the Savior in the earth realm through. And he chose the Jewish ethnic group to birth the Savior into the earth realm. So it's to the Jew first and then all of us, the rest of us ethnic groups. Y'all got me? But, but we know that God's plan, the mystery of his plan was, his plan, I told y'all last week, all along was to bring Jew and Gentile together what? Into one body. But the time is coming, indeed, it's now, it is, but the time is coming, indeed, it's, now, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the Father is looking for those who will worship him what? What way? In spirit and truth. Now, of course, the time, he says, what did Jesus, he says, but the time coming, is, it's here now. So what Jesus was referring to, he was referring to his death, burial, and resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit to live inside of each believer. Verse 21, note, note the change in worship. says the hour is coming. Christ right now expands worship beyond a place. Before Christ and the coming of the Holy Spirit, men worship God only in special places at, at specific times. Under the old covenant, specific places were set aside where people had to come to worship God. Since Christ, place and locality mean nothing because Jesus has opened the door into God's presence from any place in the world. Jesus was saying, Jesus was saying, take Old Testament typology out and bring in New Testament theology. I think I'll say that again, Sherry. It sounded good to me. Take Old Testament typology out and bring in New Testament theology. So, so, so make a middle note of this. The place of worship doesn't matter. You can be driving down the road in your car and start praising him. Because you're really not worshiping, you're praising him then. We get them mixed up. Worship is a lifestyle. What in Romans 12, I just read it. This is present your bodies to live in sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is truly the way to worship. Some of y'all haven't worshiped in a long time because you're not living for the Lord. The place of worship is no longer the temple or any other particular place on earth because God's presence now dwells in the hearts and the lives of his people. Listen to me carefully, guys. Listen carefully in my, in my short time I have remained. Worship is no longer an event that's restricted to a place but a daily lifestyle that emanates from the believer's heart. The person of worship matters. Everybody say the person of worship. The who of worship matters. Look back at John 4, 23 and 24 right quick. John 4, 23 and 24. The text says this, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers, everybody say true worshipers, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. He's not looking for those who just come to church or come into a building. In, in scripture, the church is never identified as a building. Y'all know that, right? As a matter of fact, they met in homes. Now, it is a fact that Jesus and Paul would go to the temple and debate and th- those, those Jews there. But that wasn't a church service in the sense that we think about church service or how we identify it in America. The church was never the building. It's the people. So, the personal worship matters. So, this means he is 
God, God is spirit, and God, that this means that he's the very embodiment of life eternal, of permanent, unending existence. God exists forever and ever. He always has been, and he always will. He is life, the very embodiment of life eternal. Where, whatever life is in all of his perfection, God is. Everybody say God is. God is the perfect person, life, intelligence, and the, the being that we should all worship by how we live. So, so, so think about this for a second, all right? So the passion of worship matters also, okay? To worship in spirit means to worship from the spiritual drive and the depth of, of our souls, to worship from the spiritual core of our life, our very being. To worship in truth means worship, means worship must be in the name of Jesus in sincerity. In other words, it's got to be a, a lifestyle of integrity. Look at what Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 19. So we, we, we saw where Jesus introduced a new way of doing things. Under the Old Testament dispensation, they were used to going to the temple, performing all these rituals, and they, here's the problem. They, 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 they forgot to recognize that that was only a schoolmaster to bring them up to grace. They held on to what they considered to be sacred. A pew can become sacred to you. Hello? An emblem or a symbol can become sacred to you. But look at what he says in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. How many of y'all know God is doing some new things? And then God challenges his children here to not focus on what happened and didn't happen in the past. He promises to do a new thing. Can you see God doing something new in your life? Can you see God doing something new in this ministry, in this day and time that we're living in? Let me say this to you right quick. Everything that we do in life is an act of worship. I'm going to say it again. Everything that we do in life is an act of worship. The question is, not are you worshiping, but who are you worshiping at any particular moment in your life? Because if he says, give your body as a living sacrifice, it's truly the way to worship him, then what you're doing with your, with your physical capacity and your, and your emotional and spiritual capacity is, is, is part of your worship. Listen to me carefully. Where you, when you go where you shouldn't go, do what you shouldn't do, Say what you shouldn't say. Look at what you shouldn't look at. Worship is going on. What you mean, Pat? What you, in, 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 the, in, in the words of the guy on different strokes, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> what you do, whatever you go, it's worship. The question is not, are you worshiping? But who are you worshiping? at any particular moment in time. Who are you worshiping? Lord Jesus. Can I give you one other scripture? Embrace being a living sacrifice. A person who's a living sacrifice, number one, praises God all the time. Go to Hebrews 13 and 15. Listen, I I thought I was going to finish this series today. But I, 
I'm in self. Do y'all realize that I, that's something I learned about myself? I'm in self-deception a lot of times. Because half the stuff I told you today, I didn't have written down. All right? But can we go to Hebrews 13 and 15? And, and, and I'll close out here. All right? So, so, so don't, look at your outline. We said, don't get entangled with strange doctrine and teaching. Go back and read Romans 14 and, first, and, and Colossians 2. Uh, people get hung up on dietary restrictions. And that, there are people who you got in your families who are arguing with you about what you eat and what you don't eat. As if that's going to make you right with God. Now, again, if that's your conviction, let it be your conviction. And, 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 and Paul even said it in Romans 14, if you believe that it's wrong and you eat it, it's, it's sin to you. But the reality is, you are not made right with God based on what you eat. And if you start doing that, that means that you are discounting what Jesus Christ did for the blood that makes you whole. The blood that washes you from your sin. The blood that was shed on Calvary's here makes you right with God, not what you eat and don't eat. So, so don't get entangled with strange doctrine and teaching. There's some strange stuff going on nowadays. And just because somebody said it don't mean it's true. That's why I want you to be biblically grounded. I want you to be doctrinally and theologically sound. So when you do meet up, if somebody really wants to discuss the scripture, let's discuss it. But I ain't going to argue with you. Because anytime you come to a theological and a spiritual discussion talking about hate, you're already off base. We, we can't even start that because God is love. You hating people and talking about something wrong with your professional faith. All right, can we finish this right quick? Hebrews 13, 15. Is that where I told you to go? He says this. Therefore, let us off. So back, stop. What is worship? It's a lifestyle. So all of us, wherever we're going, we are worshiping. The question is, who are we worshiping? Or what are we worshiping? Whenever, whatever you do in life, it's worship. Because he said that giving your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know what, how, how can you have a living sacrifice? The very nature of a sacrifice means that it has to die. Exactly. Well, God is saying, you got to die to yourself. I had to die to myself with the flowers. It's much, looks much cleaner, much smoother without the flowers around the pool. And some of y'all, like, I love them flowers. Now those flowers had to go. Now, you're still mad about the flowers. I can find something just like that and bring them to your house. <laughs> Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. So worship is a lifestyle, but we ought to praise him, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Go to the KJV. I love the way the KJV reads on this, and I, I got to finish here, okay? So we're gonna, we'll pick back up on next week because those other three things there uh, in, in, the, in the last point are, are worth, worth the time. So will y'all give me that grace? Will y'all give me that grace? Y'all been, we, we family, right? We are family. I got all my sisters and brothers with me. All right, so we family, right? I'm your pastoral leader, right? You know I'm, I'm not trying to hurt you, right? You know I'm trying to help you, right? All right, so even if you get mad at me, that's okay. I can take it. I got thick skin. I'm just going to keep on doing what God told me to do. So once you get back from being, uh, you know, that's when I said it, I'm being facetious, y'all. Trust me, I'm not sitting around talking about, well, who mad at me? Who didn't like what I preached? I'm just sharing the word of God. So I say that 
facetiously, which means this, in jest. Okay? Why are you using all them big words? Facetiously. I just like the way it sounds. (laughs) By, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. How? What does continually mean? That means on an ongoing basis. So whether I am in a valley, whether I'm going through something, I still got to learn to praise him. Sometimes your praise gives you the breakthrough that you're looking for. Can I get a witness? When you start praising him, you get your mind off of that and put it on him, and it begins to bring you that peace. That surpasses all understanding. By him, let us, therefore let us offer sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, in case you were one of those people that, well, you know, I just, I just the, the Bible says coming for the Lord and be silent. There's a time to be silent and there's a time to praise. Fruit, in case you misunderstood what it means, that is the fruit of your lips. What? What, do, what your lips produce words, that's the fruit of your lips, giving what? Thanks to his name. Lord, I don't understand why this thing happened and it happened, and, 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 and it's tearing me apart, but Lord, I still thank you that I'm still here. Lord, I still thank you that I'm going to serve you. I thank you for saving my soul. Lord, I don't understand it, but I trust you. Praising him. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to what? His name. So, so those who embrace embrace being a living sacrifice. A person who is a living sacrifice dies to self. It's not what I want, bro, Katie. It's what he wants. And I will tell you unashamedly that there have been times in my life, and it happens quite often, where God requires me to do something that my flesh just really don't want to do. Are y'all like that too? And I sometimes I fight with the Lord. I try to rationalize why I shouldn't do what he's told me to do. And I come up with all, see, we, we, we're good at rationalizing on Coming up with our own reasons why. But I'm going to tell you something. When you learn how to move with God, when you learn how to praise him in the middle of your stuff, when you learn how to praise him, no matter what's going on around you, God will bring you the breakthrough that you need and put you in a place of peace and rest. Fight my flesh, my flesh not want to do what God told me to do. My, my emotional realm because of maybe, maybe some things that, that I haven't dealt with caused me not to, 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 to be as open as I need to be. God said, I got to deal with you, son, to help you be what I call and ordained for you to be because you got to lead my people. Ooh. Lord, that? You want me to preach that? What are the people, what are the people going to say? I'm here to please God and not people. I love you, but thank God I'm not here to try to please you. Because you can't please. Listen, every other one of us has got different preferences, right? If I come to your house, you want the temperature on 72. I go to Sister Jacqueline's house, she wanted on 78. And Reuben in the house with her, Reuben on, on six, he wanted on 65. <laughs> so we got, we got different preferences, okay? And I'm not knocking you for that. I'm just saying that out of all the said and done, it's about what he wants and not what I want. So a person who's a living sacrifice, amen, praises God all the time. I'll pick back up there.
and Psalms 150 on next week. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you and praise you for this privilege and this honor.